Hello, and welcome to the One Big Podcast. It is me, one of your hosts, fellow worker Jason. I'm here with fellow worker Derek. Say hi, Derek. Hello. And we're also joined again by fellow worker Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, y'all. And uh, today, Nick has a question for us. Take it away. I do have a question. So one of the uh, founding principles of the IWW is that we are a member-ran union that we believe fully in democracy but don't other unions believe in democracy they have conventions where they elect a president and they have locals where they elect presidents and treasurers so what makes the iww more democratic and more member-ran than other unions good question um i find that uh the iww itself is more focused on bottom up leadership like where there isn't just like here's the president and here's the leader of the branch and here's the you know whatever we have roles but they're very much more like i'm volunteering for this position and it switches a bunch and it's more what do you what does the whole membership want to do here's your special project go do it correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> no i don't think i don't i don't i don't think you're wrong I mean, if you look at, if you look at, you know, so I don't have an inside view of every single business union, right? But like, if you look at how like business unionism often works in a number of settings, some of which I am more directly familiar with, uh, you know, you elect a, like an executive board and some of, some of them, some of them try to be more democratic by electing more people to an executive board. But the bottom line is you're running an executive board and that executive board is often empowered to make decisions on, on behalf of the union. Um, and what, what you end up getting is like a very kind of specific layer in the union of, of union bureaucracy. And, you know, we've talked about that on this podcast before, what is, what is union bureaucracy and where does it come from? Um, the IWW certainly has its own bureaucracy, but it's a little it's a little different in its shape and form than it is, say, in AFT or UFCW or any of these or UAW, for example. And UAW is one that is particularly easy to take aim at because UAW has multiple layers of union executives with a large sprawling staff that is hired often from membership, to be fair. Uh, but but these elected leaders more or less make decisions for the union. You can look at Teamsters, for example, that ran a UP, UPS, yes, UPS contract campaign. And when they finished negotiating this contract, the members, anyone remember what happened in this situation? It was like, it was like a year, maybe two years ago. Anyone remember this particular situation of, of, of union democracy at work? Do you remember this? Do you remember this, Nick? Yeah, a little bit. I do. I mean, there's been so much stuff with the Teamsters, unfortunately, that uh, that uh, it's hard to keep track of sometimes. Well, this one is one of my favorites because the workers voted no. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I do remember. Yes. Yeah, and they, uh, they came back and they were like, yeah, we have executive privilege to force this contract through. Bye. Okay, it's uh, fellow worker Jason from the future here. A uh, little bit of an editor's note. In this episode, my computer took a complete shit in the middle of recording, so um, here's a little bit of chit-chat that uh, Nick and Derek had in between um, me switching computers and trying to figure out how to put out the fire. Enjoy. Vote no. I love this. I love this article from Labor Notes. I do have an appreciation of Labor Notes. So do I. I mean, are they as militant as the IWW? No. Are they trying to make unions more member-ran? Yes, they are. 
and, I, and are they focusing on organizing? Yes, they are. So I do appreciate them. They, yeah, I mean, they can definitely be okay. Um, they're a bit more tepid and they're not trying to organize unions. They, you know, they're, they're a little reformist, which is, you know, I think my chief problem with labor notes. They think the labor movement can be reformed back into, back into like a fighting shape and it's possible, but I, I think that it's, you know, they still kind of promote like this idea of craft unionism and trade unionism. I mean, they, ba they basically just prop up democracy as best they can in, in, um, in the current sort of status quo of unions and status quo is kind of inadequate in most places. Right. Well, if you remember though, you and I first met at a labor notes event. We did. We absolutely did. Uh, I really do. And I, and I think that I, I mean, I support, I support labor notes. I, mm -hmm. I like labor notes. Um, and I certainly don't like want to throw them under the water or anything quite like that, but yeah, I, I, I went to it. Um, and I, and I still go to labor notes events once in a while. I think I yeah. even applied for a job with labor notes at some point They're like, in terms of like labor organizing professionally, they're one of the few places that I would support organizing with because, you know, they, they, their entire thing is, can we make people, can we make unions more democratic and can we increase access to that democracy by workers? And I think that's a laudable goal. And so far as reformism within the labor movement is a laudable goal. So. Okay. Back to the regularly scheduled program. Sorry about that. So like the Teamsters, for example, right? Let's, you know, let's talk about democracy at Teamsters. So um, Teamsters negotiated a contract. When was this? Like 2018? And mm -hmm. in 2018, they negotiated a big contract at UPS. This was a big deal at the time. Uh, Teamsters represents like 240-ish thousand people that work for UPS. And, and there was a big press, there was a big turnout for that vote uh, to ratify the contract, right? This is this is like the this is like in part some core democracy shit. Do workers support the contract that you've negotiated? So for business unions, like this, like this is this, this is ground zero. Not just officers get elected, but we also vote on our contracts, right? And what happened at UPS? Well, it was a close vote, but 54% of those workers voted it down. They said no, go back to the bargaining table and get us a better deal. And Teamsters Brass. Uh, pulled some nonsense out of their constitution that essentially said that not enough of you out of the overall bargaining unit voted and therefore we can make an executive decision and we've decided to vote yes on the contract. We've decided that this contract is ratified and approved, completely overriding the will of those workers who showed up and bothered to vote on the contract. Mm -hmm. So that's like trade union democracy right there that's that, that that's how the teamsters did it now hopefully they've they've improved since then but i i haven't heard of any reforms in the teamsters that would prohibit that kind of thing from happening one one thing this is probably the anarchist in me but um there's this whole argument against like representative elections where like you, that's you voting to give your power away you're saying this person can decide what to do with my life right so to find that in other left-wing organizations is always kind of like frustrating because you're like, well, I got a better idea and I could do it now. Or I could vote for this person who might 
decide to go with me if enough if he feels like it's good enough for his election propositions or you know potential future elections or whatever to give that power away is kind of frustrating well i guess i guess this would bring another question then doesn't the iww have some sort of general executive board don't they run the show just like in these business unions well that's true we also we all right nick and i were both at convention <laughs> and it was it was interesting and i heard war whereas and point of order more times than i ever want to hear again um but most of the decisions we made were just constitution driven correct uh yes they were and in no way does it interfere with our local branches ability to organize any workplace our main function is to organize workers and it's like that's the clear goal no one else can tell you what to do this is just here's some like boundaries to do that under or some philosophy to do that under which is where the big debates came in but with the GB, do you have like a president and a vice president that runs things while you guys are in between sessions or, or how does it work in the IWW? Well, you have a chair, right? The GEB does have a chair. Um, the current GEP, the current GEB has also a vice chair, but that is like not a constitutionally mandated position, right? So, but, but you know, they are officers of the union, uh, but their authority is fairly restricted, right? Their authority is more or less to carry out and to administer the union between conventions. The governing body of the union is the convention. The governing, the governing body of the union is when all of the local general membership branches, industrial unions, jobs branches, things like that, we send our delegates um, who are locally selected to bring issues and, and deliberate on issues at national convention every year. Um, and that convention is supposed to set the governing principles, the, um, the decisions that need to be executed throughout the next year. They make, they make the decisions about how things should be run. Uh, and then the GEB's responsibility is to more or less carry forward the spirit of that convention for the following year. They, they do make administrative decisions um, where necessary. They do interpret where necessary. But the IWW, IWW membership has the right to overturn GEB decisions and to call for referendum, uh, referenda. I don't know how to, I don't know if that's, if that's plural or not, but we have a right to call for a referendum on a decision that the membership is not happy with when the GEB makes decisions. Um, and also, you know, the GEB is supposed to interact with the general secretary treasurer, who is, you know, basically responsible for administering the IWW and is also an elected position in the union. But there isn't like a president who has sole bargaining authority or makes sole determinations of, 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 you know, will we ratify this contract or will we not over the will of the local workers who, who voted on it? So in that sense, our executive board is really an administrative function. That's really what they kind of do is, is administer the union. They distribute charters. Uh, they, they will respond to, you know, when the IRS, for example, uh, said there's, says that there is some kind of weird 
something's messed up with a union with with a union's tax tax papers, for example, the GEB may get involved to investigate the situation and perform an audit and do what they have to do. But they're basically there to to administer the Constitution and make sure that the union is functioning. Is that right, Nick? Is that is that, is is that, is that <laughs> do, do I have that roughly right? Yeah, I mean, no that that sounds that sounds about right for the IWW on a national level. But my question: What about on the local level? Who who runs things there? You've got these branch secretaries, these branch treasurers, these delegates. They sound like a whole bunch of bureaucratic leadership. I tell you, who runs things? We run these streets, anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all those people are come from the branch, and in a way that's much more natural. Like um, we elect them every year. Uh, so no one gets entrenched in a position. They're all volunteer. No one's getting paid, which is big. Uh, cause you know, once, once it becomes paid, suddenly you do anything to keep that paycheck coming in. Um, like for me, I, I'm elected co-chair or, or right now I'm chair of Agiprop soon, hopefully to be co-chair. And first off, when I went into the position, I didn't know what I was doing, um, I had no direction, but I'd basically do the punk rock stuff, you know, make the flyers and like, you know, do all the weird stuff. Um, and it was very much a, a whole branch is like, yeah, sure. Go for it, Jason. Have fun with it. And then let me run wild. And now in, I think our next branch meeting, they can vote me out if I did a bad job. Well, I mean, I mean, so the question I think is how does that necessarily differ, differ from a trade from a, like, like other unions, for example. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we elect presidents and vice presidents and, and whatnot who are, you know, administrative heads, but also often have like delegated power and authority. And I think that is one of the chief differences, uh, at least like in the Ypsilanti branch, uh, the, the branch secretary treasurer, and our and all of our committee chairs are essentially, you know, facilitators. Like we're just facilitators who have been elected to facilitate the branch. The the general secretary, the, the branch secretary, uh, calls for meetings. Uh, we collectively set an agenda. Um, you know, anybody can submit agenda items, uh, but the but the branch secretary doesn't have like specific enumerated powers to negotiate on behalf of the branch, or you know, run the streets and make decisions independent of the members. Uh, our members have have not delegated a set of authority, a set of a set of like enumerated powers to the branch secretary to say, "Hey, we need you to do all of this work." Right? The branch secretary does administer the union, but again, it's it's very much so an administrative position. Nick, you're the branch secretary. Does that capture the work that you do? Do you have so much power that you've gone mad? I, well, I mean, yes, I, uh, I think so all. no, I mean, you're, I mean, you are right. I, I am the branch secretary and it, and it is strictly a administrative position. I send reports in every month to uh, general headquarters in Chicago, letting you know how many members we have, how many members have paid. Um, I prepare the agenda for the meeting, but like Derek said, uh, anyone can add agenda items to it. Um, and any, and I hate using this word, but any officer in the branch can be recalled at any point in time by a, a simple majority. And no, and also like Derek said, I don't have, you know, bargaining power or power to say, all right, or even to officially speak on behalf of the Ipsy branch. Anytime I send out an email or a communication, 
I check with other people in the branch ahead of time before we send anything official from the branch, even though I am the branch secretary. Right. Yeah. And this is another one. I was like anarchist principles of mine were like all power is illegitimate until proven legitimate. And it should be for a specific function that once that function is fulfilled, it is over. So like we may even like elect an ad hoc committee to decide on a, something we want to do and they'll get together they'll have the power to make that decision but then as soon as that decision is made they don't stick around and they don't keep making decisions they're just like we made the decision and then they go back to normal yeah but i mean i will push back a little bit in that like people can still get entrenched in positions in the iww right um wherever there's power structure there's ways to get entrenched in it yeah absolutely and i and, and i mean like there's still there's still the power of the incumbents, uh, and I mean people. I mean the, the the kind of process of democracy certainly means that members can override or or oust people that currently hold those positions. But but the reality, you know, the reality is, you know, no offense to anyone in this room, um, uh, but like the bottom line, including myself. But if if we ran for office and somebody and and somebody ran against us, they would still be running against the fact that we've been doing this for a while. We are a known quantity, um, and and we have relationships with people in the union. Uh, and that is not to say that we have like access to power, uh, because you know strategic organizing, where where I'm the chair, is basically there to call meetings and to and to engage in organizing um, meetings with other people and to build an army of organizers. That's what we need is an army of organizers. Uh, and so, so my job as strategic organizing chair is not to dictate what we're going to organize or how we're going to organize. It is, in fact, to ask people where our priorities were, what we want to do, um, but. But it is important to recognize that that there is still such a thing as real social power and real social presence in these in these spaces, um, and we can still find ourselves entrenched in those in those things, which is why it's always incumbent upon us to be asking workers to step up and to take on leadership roles and be prepared to chair meetings um, and take the reins of things. In the IPCIWW, we rotate the chair of our general membership branch meetings uh, so that everybody who is interested um, can step up and, and kind of learn what it means to run a meeting and how a meeting functions. And I think that's a really important thing for us to do. And we do have to engage those folks and ask them to step up as leaders so that A, we don't, we don't have a small group of people who are in charge of everything, um, but B, also so that many people can come in and take over some of these positions if they want to. Like the barrier of entry to become a leader in the IWW is, are you a member and are you willing? Yeah, that's, that's about it. But I mean, the national, the national has been struggling with this to some degree as well. I mean, I think we just instituted a set of, um, did we just institute the term limits for general secretary treasurer? We changed the the limits and the requirements to be uh, a general secretary treasurer. Um, as of right, it used to be, you could be general secretary treasurer for three terms. I think they reduced it to two terms um, unless uh, no one is available for that position. Uh, then you can keep going at it. Um, and then I think they also reduced the requirements of being in good standing for 18 months down to 12 months, I think. 
but they did make some changes. But uh, kind of to, to combine what what Derek and Jason were saying is like, yes, pretty much anyone can be a leader in the IWW. Um, and I use the term leader loosely. Yeah. Um, but it's finding the people to do it. And uh, and I know this, this could take up a whole nother show, but what what do you think some some barriers within in the IWW for people standing up, um, standing or stepping into, you know, quote unquote leadership positions? Because I've been in this branch since its formation back in 2017, and I've been the branch secretary going forward just because there's been very few people who want to step into it. Yeah, I think it's mostly fear. Um, like, I don't know what that even means. So that seems like a lot of work. Uh, oh God, I don't even get paid for it. I gotta, I gotta figure something out. You know, I just won't, I just won't raise my hand. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing for like, oh, someone called a question. No, I don't know, I'm just gonna put my head down. Um, and I think that comes with anything volunteer based where it's like, oh, I don't want to stir water. I don't know. I might do a bad job, but luckily for me, uh, I'm not afraid of doing a bad job. <laughs> good. Yeah, you shouldn't be afraid of that. It's good. But I think it also goes a little bit further. Like, I, I think it's really important to demystify some of these positions, right? Because like, like, like I said, I'm not in charge of strategic organizing and I shouldn't be in charge of strategic organizing, but ostensibly in a lot of cases, I, I am kind of de facto in charge of it because a lot of folks don't know, they're not organizers, right? They don't know, they don't know how to organize. They've never organized. And again, it's, it's the, the same principle that we have on the shop floor applies to the general membership branch, applies to the, applies to the union structure. We have to build an army of organizers so that everybody knows enough about what they're doing so that to address your, like what you identify, Jason, that they're comfortable to step forward. If you're an organizer in the IWW at the Ypsilanti IWW branch, and you want to facilitate meetings, call for meetings, call for agenda items, um, then you should step into the strategic organizing committee chair position. I think it'd be great for us to hand that position around and have somebody who's calling meetings on a regular basis and, and, and putting these things together. But you know, a lot of folks don't necessarily know how it's done. And when they think about like, well, what is a chair? And, and isn't the chair kind of in charge? And the answer is no, you know, we the members are in charge, right? We come to the meeting. Um, and if there are decisions to be made, or if I have an idea that I want to float to the branch, then I propose it and we talk about it and we dig into it. I think that that's really, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, but that even that can be hard to understand. Like a, like a horizontal structure um, is difficult because just like on the shop floor, just like, just like you know, in our organizing spaces, people don't know how to do these things. And I think that's one of the scariest things. You know, when I meet with new organizers who want to organize but don't know how to, you know, one of the chief hurdles to organizing is getting out there and talking to your fellow workers and building a committee that is talking to their fellow workers and figuring out issues and, and, and figuring out like campaigns to resolve those issues. Yeah, they see the work and they go, oh, I could just go somewhere where they'll just do it for me, right? <laughs> Can I just have someone come in and do it for me? Because, you know, I know that those kind of people, um, but ideally in a branch, everybody should be part secretary. Uh, a straight org and agit prop and part delegate and like they should be able to like at least understand what each part of the branch does enough that they could go i can see what they're doing i'm for it or against it and then like 
step up if they need to. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's exactly right. That 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 we have to we have to basically teach people and instill enough confidence in folks that they're comfortable proposing their own ideas and going out and doing things on their own. My goal as an organizer at, at like a like a job site, for example is not to come in and represent workers. It's not to come in and tell people how they're gonna organize. It is there to give them the tools and to be there to help them along the way as they learn and grow as organizers. It's the, it should be the same thing in our local branches, right? That you know, we're not, we're not there to tell people how to do the IWW. We're there to facilitate those conversations uh, and to give people the resources to do it without us. I think my job is like a chair of anything would be like, if they have an idea and they know it's kind of like my wheelhouse or like under my, like they can go, Hey, I got this idea. What do you think? And I could be like, all right, yeah, I know exactly how we can do this, you know? And then I could show them how we could do that. Yeah. Like, uh, um, we're working on YouTube channel stuff and someone was like, Hey, we should do this kind of thing on YouTube. And I was like, perfect idea. And they brought it to me and then we'd like worked it out and we worked it into the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, also to push back a little bit, like what differentiates us from business unions, you know, I think it really depends because trade because business unions can run this way. I, I don't think that they often do. A lot of a lot of trade unions have conventions every year or two, sometimes a little bit longer, where you know, in theory, local branches can bring forward motions to be voted upon at the floor of convention. Um, and and you know, it's the same thing at IWW National. And I, I want to be, I, I always want to be careful about over romanticizing the one big union because I love the IWW, uh, but but I always want to step back and make sure that that we have a fair critical view of ourselves as well. Like to get a to get a motion passed at convention, the people who are most effectively doing that are people who are in contact with other branches. They're discussing their motion ahead of time. We develop voting blocks um, like that, that. That's a thing. And, and, it's, and, and it comes off as controversial sometimes, but that's, that is politics. And the IWW internal has politics. We have people who want to- Boy certain, does it. Boy does it, that's right. <laughs> Right. So, so, you know, I, I always want to remove our rose colored glasses a little bit. There are politics within the union. IWW's democracy is not perfect. I think our best democracy is at the local level. I almost always think that anyway. Um, the national level is always going to be a little bit messy. Uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, at the national level, if the GEB and the GST, that's the General Executive Board and the General Secretary Treasurer, for those of you who are not hip to the cool acronyms of the one big union. <laughs> um, but if our GEB and our GST are administering the union, and, and I feel like they are more or less uh, you know, honoring the will of convention, assuming that convention has given them a will to honor, uh, then I don't really have a problem with them so long as branches can be relatively autonomous and that branches are, are, are you know, the heart and soul of the union and are, are carrying it forward. Uh, IWW National is not carrying the IWW forward on its back. Um, that is like they're doing work. And I, don't, I don't mean to disparage that work. The ODB, the Organizing Department Board, is, is a very active group. I know the GEB is very active. Um, I know that our educators are very active, but our local branches are doing the day-to-day -day hard work of organizing locally, building membership, talking to people, trying to build um, unions. 
And, and that is where I think the real democracy of the IWW will always shine. And I think like for the national uh, uh, organization, I think it's ideal goal should be, or not goal, but ideal function should be like, hey, I see you're doing this at this branch. This other branch is either doing it or has done it. Connect them. And then it gets out of the way. Doesn't say, hey, this is how you should do it. Just, hey, since other person's also doing this thing, more people could help out, ideally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the one big union at the national level could be kind of an interstitial organ. And I think that that would be, I think that that would be, um, uh, there's my $5 word for the day, interstitial. Uh, <laughs> Rip off the day of the calendar there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, that the national body can be kind of like this interstitial organ that connects people. I think, I, I mean, I'll be honest that I think that nationally the IWW is a little dysfunctional sometimes. And, and I think that we have to take a long, hard look at the union and kind of figure out like what the, what the national body should be doing and how it should be doing that. Um, but I think there are people who are doing, who, who are taking a look at that. And I, and I think that that might actually, that might even be why it's su such a chaotic place sometimes because there are different people who have different visions for the union. And maybe that's, maybe that's actually the result of membership of member driven democracy. Member driven democracy is not efficient it, and it isn't like, you know what, there's something to be said about, about, about a president who has delegated authority. Like if you want efficiency, if you want people to to like lead and you want to point to someone and say that person's the person who made all of these problems or fixed all these things, um, then you know what traditional traditional business union um, elected leadership is is the way to go. Are but, you about to tell me the trains ran on time? Uh, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> but but that's the thing is that they probably still haven't. Um, is even even in that context. There's a there's a whole there's a whole episode of critique about like what those what those kind of jobs and ranks inside of a union can breed in terms of relationships with the bosses. But if, if that's what you want, if you want efficiency in your union, then you're going to trade off some degree of worker democracy and worker say. Uh, and the IWW hasn't done that. Like we are a ground up worker democracy where workers make decision and they weigh in on the vast on the vast majority of decisions nick has very reasonably pushed back on me a number of times where i've said can we just like delegate authority to this committee to make decisions and nick is like no uh, I don't want to speak for you, Nick, but like, you're like, no, like, like, like the members need to be able to review these things and, and vote on them. And then sometimes Nick has also said, yeah, we, you know, I, I think that that might be an okay thing for us to delegate, you know, but we as members have to talk about that and make the decision. And that's, I think, very important is that these sorts of issues have to be brought to members. And if members vote yes on something and then say, yes, we want to do this and we delegate the committee to carry it out. Like that's very different from just saying, okay, this committee has independent authority to just run its own business um, and then tell us how it's doing things like that. That's a very different mechanism and it's a messier mechanism, quite frankly, but um, it is a more democratic mechanism. Sometimes Nick is like, no, no. <laughs> Right. I mean, but Derek, Derek is right. Let's, let's take Agitprop, you know, for That's example, me. Agitprop can run, his, I mean, Jason can run the Agitprop committee as he sees fit, as long as it doesn't violate the constitution of the IWW, the bylaws or the Ypsilanti bylaws, you know, as long as he's in, and as long as he's giving reports to the branch, he can do it as he wants. And we as the rest of the branch may not agree with it. And if it was something outrageous, 
we would say something about it, but otherwise, you know, you know, he can run things as, as he wants, you know, uh, at, at convention, there was a, a huge debate on an amendment to the IWW constitution that was very, uh, divisive and that amendment won. Um, there's some legal issues going on right now within the IWW still, but I mean, that's a member ran democracy. The member said, yeah, we think this change should happen to the constitution. You know, whether it's good or bad, you know, that's up for debate. But again, the members chose it. It wasn't the general executive board. It wasn't the GST. It was the members who made that decision. Speaking of outrageous, Fragile, I think we should get sponsored by Audible. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sponsored by sponsored by Audible, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one last thing, and I, I know that we're probably approaching time for this thing here, but you know, one thing that I talk to that I talk to people about, like I one thing that I that I value about the IWW is that it's democratic from the ground up, right? And I'm not even talking about just like our general membership branches are democratic and that we don't have like highly empowered leaders that make a lot of discrete decisions. I mean that even at the basic level. When we go into a workplace and we organize with workers, we will not represent those workers unless those workers vote to organize with the IWW. And that's that that's actually, and, and you might think to yourself, but wait, don't don't most unions do that? And the answer is no, right? There's a, there, there, there's a difference. A lot of unions will go through the certification process, which includes a vote by workers about whether or not they want to be represented by the by by that union. But that's very different than going to workers who are organizing when they come to us and say, "Hey, um, we'd like to organize with you." If you do that with a, with a, with most business unions, and I'm saying most because I don't know if this is the case for all of them, but if you go to most of them, they'll come out to a meeting with you. And, and once you have that relationship, they will assume that you are organizing with them. If you call up AFT as a teacher and you say, hey, we want to organize with AFT. AFT doesn't say, can you give me, can you give us a, a set of minutes from a meeting of your organizers or workers recently in which you democratically decided to go with AFT Michigan that, or AFT period, right? That's not something that happens. AFT will come in. They'll send you paid organizers and they will help you organize and, and they will give you union cards that say AFT Michigan when it's time to get to the to drop cards for the for, for the campaign to vote. They'll give you cards that say, I want to be represented by AFT Michigan. Here you go. Um, and, and people sign those cards and then the vote is yes, union AFT or no union, <laughs> right? That's the way most of those campaigns go. The IWW and the Manual of Policies and Procedures um, you know, I really respect this about our union and I tell workers about this when we organize and that is uh, at some point as your organizing committee grows, uh, once you have enough members and enough workers in your workplace that you can do this, we're going to ask you to take a vote about whether or not you want to be represented by the IWW. The Manual of Policy and Procedures says that workers need to vote that says that they want to be represented by the IWW. 
And so even from the beginning, even before we will organize with you, we are demanding that your workplace have democratic principles in place, that you as workers who are organizing at a specific job site have the capacity to come together and make decisions as workers. And that starts with the fundamental decision about whether or not you even wanna organize with the IWW. And if you say no, then you won't organize with us because we're not going to organize with you. If workers don't want to organize with us, then we're not going to push the issue. We're not going to sneak cards into your campaign and, 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 and pass them out to workers directly. In fact, a lot of us will probably still stay a little attached to your campaign and help you however we can because an injury to one is an injury to all. But if you want to be represented by and alongside the IWW, um, you and your fellow workers will vote on it. And that is, I think, a really incredible difference. So technically, those workers will vote twice if they want to have a, a certified union. They'll vote once to, to join the IWW. And then if they go for a certified union under the National Labor Relations Act, they'll vote again to certify the IWW as the union of record in their workplace. Um, and, that, and, that, that, uh, and again, I just think that that's, that's actually a very incredible piece of of the puzzle of how our democracy works and, and how it's instilled in basically everything that we do. I want to jump onto that a little bit more, you know, because <clears throat> we talked about how the IWW is organized, you know, on a national level and a local level, but I think we need to continue this conversation briefly at how it's organized at the shop floor. When you go with a business union, like Derek was saying, they will come in and say, yep, all right, you're organizing with us, sign these cards, we're going to get you a contract. Here's how it's done. We're going to sit down with the bosses. We're going to be negotiating this contract for you. And then you can sign on the dotted line. We'll be your representative. You pay us the money and we're out of here. The IWW is not like that. Um, I personally am very anti-contract. But when Derek or Jason or myself or, or any organizer in the IWW talks to the members, it is up to the members to make that decision. It's up to them if they want to be a nationally recognized bargaining unit. It's up to them if they want to have a contract. It's up to them if they want to do more direct action and solidarity unionism. Everything that happens on that shop floor is their decision. You know, myself or Derek or other organizers may give them the pros and cons of having a contract, not having a contract, doing solidarity unionism. But like I said, at the end of the day, every decision is a member, is in the hands of the member of that shop floor, not us, not the IWW and not Derek, myself, the Ipsy branch or the national you know, level of the IWW. It is those individual people coming together to make a decision as to what is best for them because they are the workers there and they know the conditions, not someone hired by the union to come in and tell them how it's going to be. Yeah. One of the things that definitely attracted me to the IWW was that like, it's still your job to organize. It's, it's also your responsibility, but it's like, it's your job. You know it. We're not there to dictate how you do it. It's just like, what do you need from us? We're going to help you do it. We're going to turn you into the person who organizes this place, not, we're going to send someone who does it. The people who will organize this place. Yeah. I think I think that's exactly right, and that is, and and that is exactly what we have to do. The I think that that's the scope of the IWW, and that is build up that army of organizers. Make sure that our that our that our organizers are competent. Make sure that we are always checking in with workers to make sure that workers are telling 
each other and the union what they want to do and that's what matters um it's inefficient it is messy uh but it is what democracy looks like this is what democracy looks like. <laughs> oh god <laughs> I check. I check. <laughs> well derek and jason thank you very much for answering my questions about what a member ran democratic union looks like i really appreciate that yeah. No problem. Um, before we go, I want to give a shout out to a fellow worker in Idaho who I we might have inspired. <laughs> and and uh, now they have to make a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board. Mm -hmm. well, but that's but that but that's a, but that's OK. Right. Um, uh, sometimes sometimes you organize, sometimes you win them, sometimes you don't. And uh, the thing the thing that all workers should remember is that we are stronger together um, and and when we come together, uh, we, we are just stronger as a group and we are less likely to have to file complaints with the National Labor Relations Board. <laughs> and that's the show, folks. It was recorded and edited by me, fellow worker Jason. The intro and outro song are also by me, fellow worker Jason. If you'd like to join the IWW and be part of the One Big Union, go to iww.org join. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, you can always email us at ypsilanti at iww.org. And until next time, an injury to one is an injury to all. <laughs>